Welcome to the Transatlantic Rant, episode 21. I was going to call this episode 20 and three quarters, because it's a bit of a different one, this one. Uh, There's no Jeremy this week. This week, I am joined by Rich. Hello, Rich. Hello there. (laughs) Mystery guest time. Yeah, it is mystery guest time. We um, decided that we would try and push more episodes out weekly. And so we've called in what we call a pinch hitter over here, someone to do the batting in place. Uh, And it's your good self. Thank you very much for joining us. Yes, no worries. Yeah, and uh, we've had emails from you before about rants, things that you wanted to cover. Are you you a ranter? Would you call yourself a ranter? I call myself a venter. Um, I have to vent all the time. Um, Right. It's usually my wife that's the uh, barrier for the venting. Uh, <laughs> but it's yeah. it's it's good to have a male friend <laughs> to be mentioned to. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's normally what you'd be doing down the pub. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's one. Thing. I don't go to the pub anymore. I I could probably rant about that. That was one of the things when I emigrated to Canada. I definitely miss the pubs more than anything else. They don't really have the same sort of. They do. You can obviously go out to bars and things, but the good old British pub, they don't have that here. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. The local. Yeah. And it's so funny. I'll sit and I'll talk to people. And I, I think I pulled up a map the other day of where I lived, used to live in England. And I was pointing out to this guy, yeah, pub here, pub here, pub here, pub here. You know, the look on this guy's face, he just thought it was unbelievable. You know, they don't really have that culture here. Not the same. They can drink, though. Cool. Which is good. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have uh, a number of topics, I suppose... Um, I'll start. We got a couple of topics that you threw over to me first: kids and toothpaste, butter and margarine tubs. Which I'm very curious to hear where you're going with that one. That's that's a long, long-standing one with me. But we'll get, is it we'll okay? I'm looking for. Yeah. Okay, I'm looking forward to that one then. Um, there was a, an article I forwarded to you about uh, the renaming of a stadium in Florida. Um, so that article we'll, we'll cover briefly. And you forwarded me another article about the Love Pals, oh, yeah. which was, which was uh, interesting. So we'll get on to that one. Uh, I asked you for a movie suggestion, and you gave me three to choose from. And I chose one called The Master. <laughs> <laughs> which, I watched that with my wife last night. Okay. And I'm surprised she's still with me today. I think it could have been a deal breaker. We'll get on to that one. Gee whiz, mate. That was an introduction and a half. Holy <laughs> cow. Uh, and then uh, maybe we'll just touch on some gaming, which we always like to do. Oh, I suppose I should say that you, I've come to know you through a gaming podcast. That's right, yes. Oh, I don't know whether you, you want to... Yes, uh, um, normally, on a weekly basis, um, a lot later than this, um, I record a podcast with a, 
uh, another English fellow and two Americans uh, called The Overseas Connection. And basically, it's a community-based um, podcast for gamers, um, and it's gaming for the elderly, a um, great bunch of people that... Um, have various tournaments and stuff that they set up online and uh, yeah so we we do the podcast weekly so we just cover everything to do with games and stuff like that so that would be normally classed as my forte um but i am a good moaner so i'm so pleased that you invited me to come on here well yeah it's a pleasure to have you yeah, you're a good moaner you're in the right place yeah <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I do enjoy your podcast, Gaming for the Elderly. That name just cracks me up every time. So that's good. Uh, okay. Well, look. Let's um, let's crack on then. And I'll, on the first topic, then we'll throw out to you uh, that you gave to us was kids and toothpaste. Kids and toothpaste. Okay. Right. I, I'm, I'm basically pulling this one out of the bag because all of my children basically are of a height, which is definitely considered over where the rim of the sink would be. So every morning when I go into the bathroom, um, when they have brushed their teeth, um, they feel that they have the need to not spit what they've got left in their mouths into the bowl, but all around the edge of the bowl, which I find right. ridiculous. <laughs> and, they and they never rinse it out, because they'll rinse the basin, but it will never reach, obviously, where the top of the rim is. They won't wipe it down with a cloth. And it 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 just it, it reached a climax on Valentine's Day. Now on Valentine's Day, um, I was getting ready for work. Um, there was various bits of residue of of toothpaste around the bowl, uh, and I never noticed. Um, but when I'd been leaning over to to brush my teeth, um, I picked up some of this residue on the crotch area of my trousers. <laughs> Right? All right, no way. Okay, I got it, yeah. Right, so I don't know if anybody's ever experienced toothpaste on clothing before, but what happens is it goes a deep white colour uh, and basically gets ingrained into your trousers. So so I'd driven, I'd done the school run, I dropped the kids off, and uh, I was just pulling up to my workplace, and I was just looking down, you've got the hand, you know, the steering wheel in the hands, and, that, and I looks down to my crotch area, and there I am, I'm wearing a pair of black trousers, um, with a nice white stain on the crotch area on Valentine's nice. Day. So <laughs> then I obviously had a, a quandary. Do I, do I actually go into work and go straight to the toilets and wipe this down with a damp patch on my crotch? Or do I have to explain this all away? And, and I came clean. I went into work and I said, I cannot believe this. And, and, and you know what? When I said it, Various other guys in our department, exactly, they say, you know what, that happens at my house as well. Residue, and the, the, then they wind me up about not believing me and everything, but yeah. Yeah, you're going to get the wind up, and their honesty is the best policy, <sighs> that's a good example of that. Yeah, so so that, I just can't understand for the life of me why, why they can't clean that area up. Um, yeah, but it, it's kids, isn't it? Yeah, well, the thing is, toothpaste as well, it's... If I remember correctly, I haven't had the, the crotch tooth. My, we've got the step for the kids to spit into the bowl. Yeah. Which they do. They never clean it, though. Any any um, hope you have of getting your kids to clean anything is fruit is pointless. Right? Yes. It's, it's just not going to happen. But uh, if I remember correctly, getting toothpaste out of any clothing is a bastard. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Right? So even if you had the best intentions to get in there, you're going to be scrubbing your crotch area for, like, ages to get that stuff out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I. Okay. I can get that one. And the other. Okay. Well, the other one you had on there was butter and margarine tubs. (sighs) Butter and margarine tubs. Now this one's gone on for an eternity, for me. Now. I've had, and it's normal. This this is a female one. This is this is one that I've always found has been with females. Um, when you get a, a tub of margarine, they're always in plastic tubs nowadays. You used to get them a lot of the time where you, you'd buy them and they're, and they're wrapped in paper. And, he, and even then, the same problem occurred. Now, for some reason, could you get margarine wrapped in paper? Yeah, we well, have the foil wrapped Lurpak blocks. I don't know if you've ever seen them. That you, okay. you're meant to just basically eject the whole thing into a proper tub you know like you get your metal tub where you can put your your butter or your margarine but anyway the plastic tubs that you get nowadays you open the lid you've got a perfectly good sealable plastic lid and you've got foil like a, a a foil wrap on top that you can basically peel off and throw in the bin yeah. Is that like the foil that's sort of laid on the top of it? That's right, yes. Not sort of sealed to the tub, but sort of laid on the top. Laid on the top, yes. Now, I've, I've encountered, my mother being one of them, various women in my lives that have seemed intent on preserving this piece of foil on top. So what they will do is, they'll open the tub, the plastic tub, and then they will peel back, probably halfway this piece of foil and then they will start using the butter and and then and, and they'll, they'll become like little rabbits and burrowing into <laughs> them and, and underneath the foil and 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 just keeping that foil on there for as long as possible and i've had to constantly drill into people to take it off liberate the foil and throw it away there's no need for it and going back to the blocks as well that was the same thing where you could peel the the whole of the thing back straight away and get get your butter off, wrap it back up again. That's great. But there's, there's got this little let's peel it back just forty five degrees, you know, and start burrowing a little hole underneath. I can't and quite I, see what the point of it is. I can't either. I don't even know why it's there. But it, it just seems that there's a need to maintain it when I just want but to throw it away. Uh, yeah, I can't figure that one out because it's not going to be a security seal, is it? No. So, and it's not anti-tampering, really, is it? No. Somebody could tamper with it and just put it straight back on. But anyway, it's a big bugbear of mine that one. Yeah, I can't figure that one out, and I can't. And the other thing, I always remember with the butter butter packs, my mother would take the butter when she'd finished using butter, she'd keep the wrapper and fold it up into a nice little square and put it into the uh, fridge, and then that would be used to uh, wipe down baking trays yeah and you could also get get the butter out and also you know co- give your baking trays a good covering before you're making a cake or whatever yeah absolutely. yeah you know what i think i inherited that yeah and we've been putting these butter you know folding these things up and putting them in the fridge i don't think i've ever used one once i might even have some of these in the fridge but it's there and it's a functional item that serves a purpose this is true, and and this this other thing in this tub serves no purpose whatsoever. So if we're talking room one hundred and one, get it in there. Yeah. Get rid. Yeah. Okay, I get that. Yeah, room. It's it's the kitchen quite with me. The kitchen is a real battleground. I have to watch what I'm going to say here, but the kitchen, out of all the places in the house, the kitchen is a real battleground. <laughs> it's almost. I think the kitchen is like an extension of a workplace. For men, 
Oh. You know, if you're if you're the type of man who likes to get into the kitchen yeah, and cook, I am. Stuff. I am. I've got a, here's a functional one for you as well. I got I got berated the other week because you know how you get these steamers where you put um, vegetables in the steamer, right? You mean like a steamer that just goes in the pot? You, you put it on the hob, um, and the bottom section of it will have water, and then there's like two compartments for putting vegetables, and then you put a lid on top. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other week, I'd prepared all the vegetables ready for dinner, and I was getting, I, I, I got a big berating off, and you've got to realise I live with two women in this house. My mother lives with us. Um, she's down in the dungeon. We've got a basement. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and then there's my wife. So I'm, I'm constantly outnumbered. It's, it's, it's terrible. Anyway, I was getting berated the other, the other day because I'd not put any water in the bottom section of this vegetable thing. Reason being... Gas prices in the UK are bloody terrible. So what I don't like to do is heat up water from cold in that section. What I'll do is I'll put the kettle on. I'll put the kettle yeah. on, boil the kettle, pour it in, and then start doing my veg. And it'll be straight away, it'll be steaming and cooking that veg. Whereas yeah. they'd stick a full tub of um, uh, water and then start boiling it from scratch. Which is, yeah, you know, no. I'm just being functional. Yeah, no, you know what? I absolutely 100%. You know what that is? That is when you, you're, that's what men do. They obsess over the time and energy involved in anything that they're doing. You know, the kettle, I know the kettle's going to use less electricity. It's therefore less energy. It's much more fuel efficient for me to cook it this way. And you're starting to put in all the variables into your mind and calculate and, uh, yeah, I'm so glad it's I a, came on it. It's cleansing. It's great. Yeah, <laughs> so it's almost a, some sort of obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> See, I've got the same thing. See, we don't have a tank in our house. We run a tankless system, right? So the water comes into the house. Water comes in from the from the mains, and we heat it up by going through a, a gas-fired instant hot water thing, like right? a combi boiler type thing. Like a combi boiler. Yeah. yeah. Over here, they call it the tankless system. Yep. Um, so. I have now understand that if I need to boil pasta or do anything, the absolute best way for me to do it is to run the tankless system, fill the fill the um, uh, pot up with hot water from the hot water tap, and then get it onto the stove. Yeah. Because our stove's electric, right? So it's not as even. It's not even as efficient as gas. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you do all these calculations and work it out, and. Uh, that took a bit of getting used to because a lot of people, because my wife would say something like, well, you know, ooh, you're pulling the hot water out to cook with. But she doesn't quite understand that, see, it's fresh water. Yeah. It's coming straight from outside, being instantly heated. It's not sitting in a tank for three hours. Yeah. So, um, yeah, the battleground of the kitchen. <laughs> Which is, uh, yeah. But I, I can't go into too much detail of my, my wars in the kitchen. My wife's just popping her head around round here now. I think uh, me talking about the kitchen plus the film you made us watch is going to put me in real deep tr- trouble today. So, Oh, yeah. great stuff. Yep. Okay. So let's, um, let's uh, move on. Oh, you know what? I got, I got two more points here I'm just going to cover quickly because we're on the topic of food. I got a quick rant here. I got an anti-rant, actually, which was we went out for dinner or lunch, Saturday lunchtime last week, and we went to a Tex-Mex restaurant. It's one of these cookie-cutter restaurant-type things they have here, um, chain-type Tex-Mex restaurant. Yep. Um, and it was all right. You know, they have a kid's menu and whatever, so we went in there. And I just wanted to give full shout-out for once. I had a waiter. We ordered 
the kids' meals, and the kids' meals come with whatever they, you know, a burger, fries, and a drink. And we just ordered water for the kids because they'd been drinking apple juice all morning, which is chock full of sugar. And so we just tend to keep an eye on that. And my wife and I just had water, and then we had our main meals came. And I said to the guy, look, any chance we can steal the kids' soft drinks because they didn't have them? And I, was, I fully expect and ramp myself up for the battle that's coming when I ask for something like that because it's out of the norm. But uh, i got to give full marks to this guy. He's just like, yeah, no problem. Just don't tell my supervisor. And he came back and he gave us full adult-sized Cokes and, you know, didn't charge us for them. Yeah. And it, and it was just so refreshing. Considering I'd been to a restaurant that I think is owned by the same chain a week before where they screwed up everything and still charged me for the coffee that I thought I was getting complimentary, you know. So it's 50-50 which way it's going to go. It was just a nice refreshing change. So that's an anti-rant. And full marks, and you know what? The guy got a nice big fat tip from me. Yeah, that's the old point as well. The good, uh, the th- trouble is with a lot of these chains and stuff as well. You find it, it's it's all painting by numbers, and they're all that scared to to just go outside of what their regulation drilling is to do. That it just it is quite refreshing when somebody grabs the bull by you know the bull by the horns and just says, "Yeah, that's fine, no problem," and then they'll just go yeah. off and deal with it. And, yeah. and not be worried, you know, when they've got these line managers and stuff like that in, in these places, I think they just drill it into them too much that they've got to do everything by the book. And yeah, that's, that is quite refreshing. Yeah. Well, I, I said to the guy when we finished the meal, um, I asked him how the tips worked because normally I would put on my tip onto the credit card or to the debit card or whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, onto the, onto the machine that they bring to the table. But I didn't want to do that. I wanted to make sure it went into his pocket. Yeah. So I was like, so how do the tips work? And he just unloaded <laughs> this this workings out for the percentages and what gets taken away and what doesn't get taken away. And he lost me. Like, I'm not a dumb person. I couldn't keep up with him. I was like, man, I have no idea what you just said to me, how you work that out. I'm sure you know. Yeah. But the bottom line is, if I just give you cash, will you just put it in your pocket? You know, and he just sort of nodded. I think he did put it in his pocket. Yeah, believe that. Prob- that was probably a don't tell my manager about that one either, right? <laughs> you quit. <laughs> yeah. So I put a little bit onto the normal bill as well because I want to make sure because if the tips get split with the because I always feel bad for the guys who are in the back cooking. Yeah. Because they should get tips as well, and I'm sure they do. But so I sort of split it. Here you go. Here's some cash for you. Make sure this goes in your pocket. And, I guess something else on the card will make sure everyone else is seen all right. So, but uh, yeah, so a bit of an anti-rant. And then to counteract that, to make, just to make sure that the balance was right with the universe, I took the kids out for lunch again yesterday. We went to a mall, and uh, we grabbed. I grabbed them their happy meals, and you can see how well I feed my children. <laughs> It's that convenience. You know when you're first going to have kids, you're like, oh, uh, my kids will never eat McDonald's. I'll make sure that they eat healthy, they have vegetables all the time. There's a point where that goes out the window sometimes, and you're just like, just just keep them quiet. A happy meal will keep them quiet. So I got them their happy meals, and the place was rammed. We couldn't find seats anywhere. And there was one group of four seats with one lady sitting on her own. And I'm not shy, so I just went up straight to her and I said, is there anyone sitting there? And she's like, no, no, no. And I don't think she saw three of us. She only saw two of us. So I don't think she expected 
I think she expected two of us to sit next to her, not someone in front of her as well. Yeah. And her face just dropped when she saw there were three of us. Like, we were taking over her table. Oh, she was not happy. She was not happy. But then that was it. Then the war was on. Because I was sort of like, well, you know, if it's inconveniencing you, you know, well, then we can just go somewhere else. Oh, no, no, that's okay. It's okay. You know, and then it was just this silent, the four of us just sitting in silence eating our meals, which is very un-Canadian because everyone would be normally talking and introducing themselves and inviting each other to their cottages. That's the Canadian way. <laughs> so, yeah. So anyway, that was just a little bit of a rant that peed me off. But anyway... I just made sure my daughter sat in front of her and took the brunt of it. So, put the four-year-old in front of her. So, yeah, for eating out, it's always an adventure. Yeah, there's fun things to be had with the old eating out, definitely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the articles I sent to you was about the uh, prison naming. Yes. Did you, get a ch- did you get a chance to look at that? I did have a read through that, yes. yes. Okay, so, so a little bit of backstory. There's a fl- uh, university in so- southern Florida... And it had to be Florida. That place is just mental. Uh, South Florida, I think it's South Florida University, um, is also, where they're based, is also home to a company called the GEO Group. Now, the GEO Group is a company that runs the management of prison systems and care homes. And so they, one of the, I think it's the CEO, is, is X alumni from the university and has committed uh, $6 million over 12 years giving him or them the naming rights to the university stadium. And this is no small university stadium. This is a 30,000 seater. This is typical of, this, of the states where they have their university stadiums are massive. Yeah, it's Ma- big, big books, isn't it, as well, all the uh, university football and stuff in the state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, college football is massive over there. Yeah, yeah. And it's just gone up. It's a little bit. Uh, people are a little bit up in arms about it, and I and I have no surprise on this at all. Because what is the world coming to when you have a university stadium that's being named after a company that runs prisons? Yep. Is it, is it me? I don't think it's just me. Obviously, some people were a little bit perplexed by it. The, the the thing that struck me the first was I know that there was a lot of attention brought to the fact that they were talking about um, the penal system and the fact that they were involved in that. But how much um, emphasis has this company got on care homes and so on? Because like, cause I, I didn't get that side of it, whether they're, they're big into doing care homes and is it for the elderly or is it like, you know, mental health or, or what? Are they doing different things for for different... Yeah, I think they are. I didn't go. I didn't. I tried to read up a little bit more about them, and this is one of these things you start digging into it, and you can just go forever, right? Yeah. You know, as, as to which direction you go, and I went to the direction. I, I saw that you know they're involved in uh, running prison hospitals, running uh, sorry, prison hospitals, running prisons, uh, youth detention centres. Yeah. But not just in the states; they run some in the UK as well. Yeah. Um, and I think they have care homes. I'm not 100 percent sure about that. Yeah. Um, but the the thing that, that I, I'd like to take a lot of it seriously, but the way that the article was written as well, they, they were just focusing on the because the I, I gather the logo for the teams are now. Is that right? 
Yes, yeah, the out. So, so they've basically just the the people that are writing the article and 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 everybody in the surrounding area and press and that have just grabbed onto this Alcatraz um, tagline yes. and and I found that hilarious. <laughs> the fact that they were just focusing on that, which was um, the the GEO. You are you are indeed right about that because um, every morning when I travel to work, I, I basically go past Nottingham Prison. Uh, and I think they've took over a lot of the contracting for um, the transporting of prisoners. And you, okay. and you see their wagons all over the place. Because it right. used to be another company that were cocking it up royally, and I can't remember the name of them. But, um, yeah, I, I think you're right. There's, there's definitely a, a presence in the UK with them guys as well. But, um, yeah, uh, like I say, I couldn't really get past the humour of the uh, the whole Alc... Alcatraz um, tagline on it, um, but yeah, it is a bit well, strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is because it's one of these. It's another thing with the state. I mean, I love the states. I've said it before, and I love the states. It's just such a mental place, um, and particularly when you go down to Florida, you know, you get down into the southern states. They're even more mental down there. It's just just a crazy place. It's, it just made me start thinking. I think it was the Guardian interview, a Guardian article I read about it that was just sort of alluding to the fact, you know, how close are we getting to the Running Man? Do you remember the film with Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> yeah. You know, there has to be. Where is the moral compass? Where is the moral point where you say, you know what, if you're Okay, if you're a company that sells soft drinks, you're Coca-Cola or something like that, you make a bucket load of money and you put your name on a stadium, fair enough. All right, you make profit, we get that. But if you're a company that's involved in providing a service that's supposed to be taking care of people, whether they're criminals or not, profit, record billion-dollar profits, or I don't think they make billions, but million-dollar profits, or whatever it should be, shouldn't be flaunted by the naming of a stadium, you know, with the naming of a stadium. You should be philanthropic if you want to give the money to the university. Great, give the money to the university. Why make it a marketing thing, you know? You should be proving yourself in the marketplace by the way you act and the way you behave and your performance. Yeah. And their, and their, and I was reading up and their performance, it ain't good. No. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, it is not good. They ran a place called the Walnut Grove Correctional Facility, and uh, I printed this off. So I have this in front of me. This is the Walnut Grove Correctional Facility, which was in Leak County, um, and I can't tell you exactly. Oh, Mississippi, I believe it was. Um, and this this place had you know one and a half thousand young offenders. Let's call them. Um, you know, mainly between the ages of, I think, um, 12 to 21. Yeah. 12, that's young. That's really frightening. Um, and uh, they had a lawsuit brought against them, you know, saying that the prison guards... Said, I'll read this out to you. The lawsuit states that prison guards engaged in sexual intercourse with the prisoners and smuggled illegal drugs into the, into the facilities and that prison authorities denied education and medical care. It's not massively surprising, but still, it's not good. No, I mean you sort of almost expect a little bit of that in most of the prison to happen in prisons. Like it's not that's not news, mega news to me. But uh, I like this one though. But former Walnut Grove Youth Correctional Facility warden and eight-term mayor William Grady Sims resigned and pleaded guilty to removing a female inmate to a motel for sex 
and pressuring her to lie about it. <laughs> yeah. And then he also owned 18 vending machines inside the prison. He faced up to 20 years in federal prison and was eventually sentenced to seven months. Now, he's obviously not fit to run a prison, and I don't even, un- I don't even begin to understand owning vending machines in a prison. Yeah, it makes the uh, the guy out of Shawshank Redemption who's getting cakes with um, wad loads of cash in it uh, seem like a, a bit of a low-ranking um, bad boy, really, doesn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. And these people are putting their name on, on a university stadium. That just worries me. It's like, where is the state's going? But it seems to have died down as well. I think they've named it, and that's it. It's going ahead, which sounds again like the states, right? Yeah, it's bad, but we're doing it anyway. Yeah, everybody will they'll kick up a stink for a while, but then they'll all shut up. Oh, shut up. Money will talk. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, love pals? Love pals. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Over to you. <laughs> right. First of all, I'm going to have to clear up how I came by this information, because there could be some, um, could be some um, aspersions cast my way. Um, anyway, yeah, um, Love Pals, which uh, I, use, I use an application on my iPad called Zite, and basically what it is is a self-populating magazine. So you will put in various subject matter in it, and it will find as many stories on each one. Um, and arrange it into categories. So one of the sections I've got is gadgets. So I'll just make this clear that I came by this information because it was in the gadget section of my uh, Zite um, magazine feed. Anyway, these, right. these, <laughs> these toys are basically, um, for the male and female gender, um, erotic toys which basically can be controlled over the Wi-Fi. So just imagine you have got a um, what effectively is a vibrator for the lady and then uh, an all-enveloping um, penis encasement unit <laughs> which the male has. And then what, what you can use these for is basically over the internet um, you can have virtual love sessions. Now, first of all, the thing that struck me with this is at what point in a relationship, whether it be a long-distance one, do you actually address the subject with your um, partner? Yeah, um, I've come by these items, and I think we should give them a try. Um, or do you just approach it in a surprise present type scenario? what is it that would make you want to go out and order a set of these and then give it to your... Now, I was thinking then, along the lines of, they could probably go and approach various uh, online dating agencies and possibly offer these and get some advertising up there for that. Maybe? Possibly? Want no. To promote them? Yeah, promote it. And then obviously the people are there. They're doing a lot of chatting online and getting to know people. Maybe if it goes a long way, they could possibly f- introduce these items. Where, where, what's your, what's your, <laughs> it's just baffled me. What, at what stage in your relationship would you actually say, we need some of these in our lives? <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was thinking the same thing. I was like, uh... Like, I couldn't possibly imagine broaching that as 
I, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm doing the same as you. I'm starting to go a bit speechless on it. And then I started thinking about it a little bit more. And you, and you touched on it there with the online dating. Is I guess maybe what, are we going to suddenly see this sort of sub? Uh, what is the word I'm looking for? Sub crowd of people who never actually encounter a real person anymore, right? Yeah. Every relationship they have now is based in front of their PC. But the, the, the other thing that I've noticed is with, with these dating agencies as well, they are pushing the boundaries more and more. I mean, I know in the UK at the moment, you've got uniformed dating. So this is specifically, it's fetish-based, this is, and it's on national television at all times of the day where, where they will be saying, do you wear a uniform? Do you like people that wear uniforms? Join our dating agency because we have people with uniforms. Now, could that go even more over to the left field and, and the introduction of these toys and stuff onto a dating agency could, could be the next stage forward. Practicality as well. You were talking about practicality earlier. I, I, can, I can understand the use of, you know, uh, vibrating toys for the ladies and all of that lot because they're quite easy to clean, but well, what, what sort of cleaning apparatus do you get with these things for the male one? Where does this, where does, where do things go? You know, it's, it's a sleeve and is there any sort of self-cleaning mechanism? Because I wouldn't want to be doing any of that afterwards. Really? No, no. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, am I bringing the show downhill? Don't <laughs> worry, <laughs> we've done that enough times. Okay, that, that's fine. It's, it's, yeah, it's fine. I'm not sure about that. It's just something that baffled me. And I thought I had to get that one out of there. I just, I, I just can't see the use for it and where people would start getting involved with these sort of implements. But anyway. Yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. It's, I, I'm almost speechless on that. In fact, now we're talking about the prison naming. Yeah. And then the virtual love toys. I'm <laughs> starting to despair. <laughs> with, with where, just where is this world going? Take it somewhere else, Fraser. Take it somewhere else. Oh, yeah, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, so talking about cleaning, actually, I was talking to my wife. Back to the kids again. And the cleanliness of kids just, it just baffles me. And so I suggested to my wife yesterday that we convert a room downstairs where this is what I'm dreaming of yesterday, is that I'm going to take out the bathroom that we have in the basement and I'm just going to completely tile it, white tiles with just a drain on the floor and just a hose on the side of the wall. And that's where we're going to wash down the children every day. I'm just going to hose them down. Like, do you ever see First Blood where they hose down (laughs) (laughs) Sylvester Stallone? I just want to hose down my kids every day. It's right, time for your hosing. I don't know if I probably wouldn't get away with that, but... Yeah, cleanliness and kids. It's a good idea. So, it's definitely. Uh, they see. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You see. I like that. So um, yeah, but uh, and then I thought maybe as well, you know, maybe some stainless steel uh, in there to make it look a little bit um, more like a, a, a butcher's area or something. But then it would start to get a bit creepy. Yeah. So. Playrooms as well. There's 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 something to be said for playrooms, but I think that's just that's just an excuse for diverting mess. <laughs> do you know what I mean because if you set up a, a room where the kids can just play all the time then then inevitably you you just leave them to their own devices and then you, you, you it's just a reason to get angry because you're walking 12 hours later and the place will just be completely ditched because like you say nobody oh, cleans yeah. up or anything so oh yeah for sure well we have we have a basement here like all, all North American houses have basements 
and uh, well, most of them. And so we have a basement down here. And when we moved into the house, the basement, I was just like, oh, this is fantastic, right? This is my area. The basement is my area, right? I get the sound system set up, get the Xbox set up. You know, it's going to be heaven. Get a sofa down there. I can lock myself away. Well, that didn't last. You know, now this is just for send the kids down to the basement. Yeah. And they just trash it. Yeah. Just absolutely trash it. You know, and as long as they haven't broken anything down there, that's fine. But the mess, it's just staggering. <laughs> just staggering. But the plus side is it keeps, like, the main living area upstairs clean and generally sort of clean upstairs. No, forget about their bedrooms. Those are just disaster areas as well. Oh, don't talk to me about bedrooms, bro. <laughs> I've, I've been fr- I'm like a drill sergeant on a Sunday morning. It's, it's just my time to get angry. Really, right. I, yeah. Seething. I've had it with rabbits today as well. They get these pets. They get these pets, and you know, for two two weeks, the flavour of the month, and uh, and then that's it. Then they try and palm off the job. What mindset would think this? My my oldest daughter basically yesterday went to feed the rabbit, and and the bag with the food in had a hole in the bottom. Right. And it all, it, we've got like a, it's like an outside bar area with a shelter. And when the bad weather's in, we put the rabbit hutches in there and they're nice and sheltered and so on. So the, all of this area is like got a brick wall and so on. So it's a rectangle. So went out this morning and the whole floor surface is covered in rabbit pellets, the food that they eat. And... In what world do you think that, yeah, I'll, I'll, it's fell out of the bag, but I'll, I'll feed the rabbits and I'll just walk away. Why, <laughs> <laughs> in what world? The, the, and, of course, it's rained through the night, so all of the pellets have expanded and gone soggy. And Yes, so that's been my task for this morning. Uh, and, yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't know where they get. They, they can come home with grade sheets that say, look. I'm 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 two years above the braininess of an average child, but yet you can't use the common sense to clean that up. No, no, no. You're fighting a losing battle. Always will. Well, be. I think that's it. You have to pick your battles, right? That's the thing. You're not going to win the war, no. so just pick pick your battles. And uh, yeah, I know. I get that. <laughs> I get that. Um, yeah. Uh, okay. So, uh, where are we now then? Uh, we've done Love Pals. Uh, should we move on to the movie? Yes. Why not? Okay. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Okay. So, you gave me three suggestions. I texted you last night and said, give me three suggestions for a movie if you've got anything you want to cover. Yeah. And I think the first one you sent me was some comedy sequel to Knocked Up. That's right. Yeah. And I looked at that, and I was just like, Ugh. <laughs> uh, forget it. And then the second one was The Master. And I looked at that, and the CV, the resume for The Master, looked okay. This was the one I ended up watching. That's what I thought before I watched it as well. So, Philip, uh, I guess a bit of background to the movie. Philip's, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman was in it. He did the main role. Joe Quinn Phoenix, Joaquin, the other guy. Joaquin Phoenix, I believe it is. Oh, it, is it? Okay, I have no idea. It's Native right. American Indian name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then some other people. And I guess the premise of the story is this guy, Joaquin Phoenix, 
it's set just after the Second World War, and he's an extremely screwed up, severe alcoholic Navy man who then is released into society and hooks up with Philip Seymour Hoffman, who is... I thought he was almost like a... Um, who's the guy who did... Who's um, well, Tom Cruise. What's the cult he's all involved in? Scientology. Right. Yeah. So I thought of, so almost thought it was like the beginnings of a Scientology cult that Philip Seymour Hoffman was running. Yeah. Anyway. So that's, that's what it is. He joins up with them, and so... Uh, let me give you the good points first. It looked very nice. Very well shot. As soon as I started watching, I thought, this is a very well shot film. This looks nice. And the acting is very good. But by God, is it the most boring <laughs> film I've ever seen in my life. Man, it was two and a quarter hours. I well, you... <laughs> I did give you a warning beforehand that this is one that you will be ranting about. Oh, my God. I, I, don't, God. I don't mind. I don't mind slow-paced films. If they've actually got a point to them at the end. And the conclusion of this movie was nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I got nothing from it. I got there was no payoff at the end. Um, it, it was and then, and then the thing that got me with this, I, I read a lot of press about it pre, previous to watching it. There was there was um, various awards it was getting from Sundance Festival and so on. Um, and like I say, I've, I've watched. You know, I thought Philip Seymour Hoffman was great in Capote, and again, that was quite a you know, a leisurely paced film, which was really, really good subject matter, um, based on a true story. Um, but with this, I should have IMDb'd it, because I I, I never realised that the guy that directed it was um, it's Paul Thomas Anderson, I remember rightly. And he's the yeah. guy that did Magnolia. I haven't seen that. Well, do not watch that. Please <laughs> do not watch that. that. Well, I'll tell you what, that's not high on my list. Oh. I'm not going to be charting his uh, his films. But it, it was... Um, it was just... It offered nothing. Aimless. And, th- and then I think there was, a, there, was a, there was a great little summary of the whole film within the film because um, Philip Seymour Hoffman at one stage makes... Joaquin Phoenix just walked backwards and forwards across this room, recranting stuff. Did you see that bit? Yeah. yeah that, no, I that, know by that point we were ready to sack it. Yeah, that, that, we kept at it. that was the film. That is that film summed up in one scene. It's yeah, just I, not going anywhere. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't. My wife, honestly, I, I checked the time. I hit the button on the on the player or whatever just to see how much how longer was left. And when my wife, I tried to do it quick enough so that my wife wouldn't see it. But she she's smarter than that. She saw. She goes, "There's half an hour left of this." <laughs> that, you you never told me your wife was going to watch it. No, oh man, she just, we finished watching it. She said, "You owe me big time." <laughs> but it did. It finished on nothing. It struck me as one of those films. Like the act, okay, you know what? I'll give it its dues. The acting is incredibly good. Yeah, I think. Yeah, you know, definitely. The acting is very good, but the subject matter and, like you say, it's just not going anywhere. I just watched it. I just thought this is going to be the wet dream of some university professor who has to give this as an assignment and a question. And and here's here you go, students, analyze this film. You know, and they'll pull every bit of analysis out of it and what this means and what that means and whatever. Yep. Uh, because they can they can pull out as many theories as they want about what what the film is about because the film doesn't tell you what it's about. 
I don't, yeah, yeah, I have no idea what it was about. Exactly. I really, really, and I know, you know, is it me? It's not me, obviously. No. It's, uh, it's us. Yeah. But I'm expecting a payoff. I mean, well, th- I had a discussion with Jeremy about a f- a films the other day. And, you know, ultimately, the ultimate gauge of a film at the end of it is, did you enjoy it? Mm-hmm. Okay, so, no, I didn't enjoy this. I didn't enjoy it one bit. <laughs> um, there were parts of it where I was watching, you know, parts of it I was watching, yeah, okay, this is, you know, that's, that's very well done, very well acted or whatever. I was very curious as to what he was drinking, because he's a, a, a complex alcoholic, yes. if there is such a thing. And he's knocking up this booze for people. Yeah. And there's one bit at the start of the film where it looks as though he takes the casing off a bomb and drink something out of the bomb. Yeah, it's shit. Yeah, that's right. I think it was it was anything that he knew that he could ferment into alcohol. He would just get hold of that and make it. And the whole thing with um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, where that was that was his uh, hook to draw him in, um, where he was saying, "Yeah, this is good booze. You, you know, you need to make me up something else." That was just him pulling him in. There was no enjoyment that he was actually getting out of that alcohol, but. <laughs> But he just kept asking him about making a new brew and all this lot. And, and that made him feel like he was wanted and needed. You know, he had a purpose within that group until he could yeah. then roll out what his true agenda was with the, what did they call it again? Processing. Yeah, yeah. the processing. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was making myself laugh. I was just like, you know what, Richard? If you were turning up for the first time to someone's house, <laughs> normally you'd bring a bunch of flowers, right? <laughs> Not this film. <laughs> I warned you. I did warn you. You did. you did. So sometimes you have to take the rough with the smooth. I will give you a better one next time. Yeah, okay. Well, please. <laughs> that was just brutal. But, uh, yeah, there you go. So anyway, yeah, as we normally do, marks out of ten. Oh, this has got to be low. But I'm a, I'm going to give it a two only because there is probably going to be a crapper film out there, but it's going to be very hard to beat. So I'm giving it a two. Yeah, Rough. that's a good argument. Rough, yeah, that's a good argument for giving it a two. Yeah, okay, because there could be worse. Um, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll I'll copy you on that. In fact, we always end up saying the same score as Jeremy and I. So I'll do follow that and say the same score as you. I'll give it a two, but not necessarily because I would give it a two because I thought it was well shot and the acting was superb. Yeah, I'll give it. I'll give it its dues. The acting was very good. It loses eight because it was just a pile of shit. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> oh yeah. Okay. Two. Don't see it. There you go. That's the potted review. Um, okay. So that's the movies. Uh, now, I, I hate to make it a bit of a busman's holiday for you, but can we go and talk about some gaming? Yeah, we can do a bit of game. Why not? If you don't mind, yeah, yeah. we have a, what, what I call a professional on the show. So, um, you know, one of the first things, I, I, if you don't mind me asking you, yeah, perhaps you can talk a bit about the PS4 release was announced. Yeah. Which could be of interest to maybe some people. Uh, what do you know about that? Um, the, the, the big griefing that was going off after this conference and I thought it was a very well uh, put out conference um, was the, the fact that they weren't showing the box um, but I, I feel that was good tactics on Sony's part because they they were very keen to get out of the gate first because of what happened with the PS3 
Uh, yeah, okay, so originally they were well behind yeah, the Xbox that's 360 right, yeah. in, in coming to market, right? That's right. So I feel that they needed to get their, you know, their um, agenda out there first, which they've done. But what they've also realised is that Microsoft is sitting back and just waiting, and uh, rumours are at the moment that it's going to be uh, end of April where we're going to hear about the um, the Microsoft's next entry into the console uh, marketplace. Um, okay. I think that will tie in as well with the fact that GDC is just about to crack off. Now that's the uh, gamers uh, games development conference where all the developers get together um, and start talking about what, what they're going to be making over the next few years. Um, so it, I've got a feeling it's going to tie in with that. The rumours are that it's going to be the end of April, but we'll wait and see on that point. But what Sony have probably been very clever in doing is, is if, if they hold back um, the actual unveiling of the box itself, then they've still got something to play with later on in the year. Um, and again, just guessing to what's going to happen further on down the line. I think that um, E3, obviously, is going to be the obvious point where they'll be pulling pulling the silken blanket off, as it were. And uh, well, When would that be? So E3 that's would June. Be June's... Uh, oh, okay, so it's not time. too far away. No. Um, I mean, but both of these boxes are really going to be coming to market October, November time, you know, ready for okay. the... For the um, for Christmas, so yeah. Um, Is there much they can change though in that sort of time span? Um, I think that the specs are out there. The, I mean, all of the um, the actual kits that they send, the development kits that they send out to all the guys that are making the games, they're already already out there. I don't think there's anything going to change too drastically with what's actually inside the box. Um, we already know that both of the boxes are going to have eight gig of RAM in them. Which is at the moment, if you think about um, an Xbox, has only got 512 meg in it. Right. So you know you, you're seeing a massive jump there in, in the amount of um, available um, capacity for doing pro- doing processing stuff for games. Um, yeah. Eight gig of RAM on the Sony front. Um, what they've done is, and I think it's going to be reflected in what the pricing is of the box they've gone with um what they call gddr ram which is not something that's used much at the moment in the pc gaming um which it's they've still got the flexibility the 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 thing that that play playstation went wrong with on the ps3 was they they had an architecture which wasn't very good for developers to make games for because they couldn't just come straight out of the framework what they'd be building a PC game for and build the same game for the for the PlayStation. They had yeah, because the X sorry to interrupt because yeah. the Xboxes were always just pretty much PCs, right? Yeah. PCs in a box. Yeah. Under your television. Yes. So so what what Sony have done this time is made sure they've gone out to the developers previous to coming up with this box and asked them what do you want? Um, and this this RAM, I think, is is going to be something that's going to possibly push them in front of what the Xbox has, has got coming. But we'll we'll wait and see on that. Um, I think they're going to be much of a muchness in in what what they can actually show you visually on screen. 
Um, but the processes that they can do, you might find that um, PlayStation have a, a bit of a head start on that. Um, yeah. But we'll, we'll wait and see. Um, as far as the features are concerned, to do with the the PS4, um, there's a lot of interesting things that they were they were putting out there with regards to Gaikai and online gaming. Um, more recently, though, I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping track of what's been going off with SimCity and EA. Uh, well, we actually, yeah, we touched on that in the last episode. Yeah. Um, we didn't know the finer details, but we knew that there was a cock up. So we 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 did sort of. We we are aware of that. Yeah, and and, um, and the other thing that I'd be, they, they were putting so much focus on this, or you know the the online ability to download and stream stuff while whilst you're downloading it. So you, you've got this digital marketplace for going out and getting your gaming titles. But the one thing that just stuck in the back of my mind all the way through that was how badly they'd handled the network going down. You know, a couple of years previous, they had right. the whole the whole hacking. Um, scenario that went off and and how that played out where the PlayStation Network was down for weeks there were games to do with that as well that basically just died a death yeah. Counter-Strike was one of the you know a massive game on the on the PC um, that title came out at the same time of uh, PSN going down and I was very surprised there was no court cases involved in that mm. but that was uh, it, that, that game just died a death because of it uh, See, yeah, for this console release, I'm getting the the impression, or t- to me as a consumer, that oh, this this console release, when we've had previous generation consoles have come out, it's always been a massive leap in terms of the performance or what you're seeing on the screen. Yeah, from a very basic point of view, these games look nicer. Okay, they're much much the machines are much uh, more powerful at running a next generation of games. I get the feeling now with this generation, it's not going to be so much about that. It's all going to be about content delivery. Yeah. And it's going to be about how can we get people buying different types of games, getting them into their hands, getting more money out of their pockets. Not necessarily getting more money out of their pockets in terms of $60 retail games, but smaller purchases, uh, more frequent purchases. Yeah. And instant purchases. Is the high street dead? It's getting that way. Yeah, it is. Um, the other thing as well to be considered as well is, is this whole thing about an entertainment hub, which which we see now um, with Microsoft, definitely. Um, just trying to make this box the be-all and end-all of your living room. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's that's going to be very interesting, the way that plays out over the next few years. And there's, yeah. there's I mean, there's... There's, there's other key players in this that you know you've got to you've got to think as well are going to be making their play over the next couple of years. Apple being one of them. Um, I can't see them sitting back um, for too much longer, especially after they've um, you know they've already been out and, and purchased um, television makers from Germany, um, and, and you know the rumours are there that they're already building their own ITV, as it were, ready to. To hit the market with that, and oh, okay. So I mean, can you see? Can you see Apple getting in on the gaming? I I could definitely see them getting in on the gaming. I mean, you you can always you can already see that people know that they can make money out of casual gaming. Um, you, we already know about the Ouya that, that started up for um, Android-based games. So you've got a box that will play that for your TV. Um, okay. 
So, I mean, I, the thing is, iTunes and Apple, they've already got the infrastructure for delivering, delivering everything digitally. Um, all they need to do, and there was, there was a lot of rumours floating around last year where there was um, representatives of Steam and so on caught going into Apple's building. And, and there's the big rumours were that they were trying to form some sort of partnership. Um, that's never come to fruition, but just makes you wonder what what is out there and what's not been announced yet. And Gabe Newell as well, he's a month or so back did a, a big speech at Dice Conference regarding um, how he saw games going forward, and they definitely want to get a key place in the living room now. And they've already told us that we've got a Steam box coming, uh, yeah. although we, we don't know properly what form that's going to take. So next couple of years, it's going to be interesting times. Uh, and the actual release of consoles, next generation, I, I'm money-wise, I would probably sit back and wait anyway. I wouldn't be an early adopter, whatever. Um, but I think it's it's going to be well worth people that play games just sitting back and just giving it possibly a year just to see how these things play out. There's a lot of uncertainty, I think, with regards to Sony and how they can hold up um, yeah. such a digitally reliant um, network and whether they can pull that off. So, again, the time factor there is probably going to be beneficial to you as a person laying out money for that. Um, yeah. Well, Jeremy, we had this discussion before. Jeremy was... Um he had a big uh, rant um, in one of our earlier episodes about early adopting mm. um, and and how incredibly stupid he thinks it is to do that. Yeah. And, you know, I agree with him. I you know, would agree with him as well. You know, it's, it's costing you a lot of money. You don't know what's going to work um, or how it might change. So it just makes sense. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting because I've got a setup here where I've built a PC... And now I have a PC built specifically for the living room. Yeah. And that's running Steam on the main television. So... How do you find that? Because that's, that's, that's something I'm really interested in. Yeah, I, it's, it's, it's touch and go. I've got um, two computers. I've got my wife's computer upstairs, which I snuck a graphics card into, which is at the desk and a nice monitor. And there are some games which are more suited to sitting down and playing at sort of like a desk setup. Yeah. Um, uh, for anyone who's listened, they know I like to play World of Tanks. Like, I've tried to play that downstairs on the big TV. It just doesn't work. You need a keyboard and mouse setup, and it doesn't work. But then this morning, I also downloaded off Steam Rayman Origins, which is a very well-put-together game. You know, if you're into Mario you know, 2D sort of jumping around or whatever. This is a sort of game for you. Um, and that's, I've got that on the TV downstairs in the living room. So, you know, it's no different than the Xbox. My son's been playing it with an Xbox controller, but instead of it going into the Xbox, he's playing it through the PC. Yeah. And you wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. So, you know, and if we want, if we want to watch any movies that, uh, you know, we can watch Netflix through the... It's all HDMI, so the graphics card is HDMI out of the PC. I almost effectively would treat it as a next generation console maybe i'm being a little bit optimistic but the specs are good yeah yeah you know it's way, way more powerful than an xbox or a piece at ps3 for sure um the, the the community that we 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 basically represent uh, um, the, i've seen a massive shift 
of the last, and, I, and it's probably down to the fact that they've left this uh, console generation for so long because people have seen the overtaking of the, you know, the graphical um, power of the PC against the console games, and they've just bit the bullet and, and gone out there and, and, and basically built their own rig and, and set it up for gaming. Um, yeah. That but that that was sorry. that's never been any sort of um, thing that's that's attracted me until this big picture mode. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, for sure. If two two years ago, if you were to have sat down with probably, you know, a high percentage of people, everybody everybody was talking about, you know, the PS P, uh, the PC is dead as a gaming platform. Yeah, I go into EB Games and no PC games in there. You know, it's consoles all the way. They're easy to use. You just you just put in your game, you get going, and it's great. And then what a shift we've had in like two years. Like you say, everyone's just moving across and saying, "Well, hang on, you know, the PC can do this." And uh, and everyone's moving across. And the con- and you know, particularly I really my PS3 and PS Plus, uh, I think hold up fine right now. The Xbox I find is just waning. I don't know. It's just me. My love affair with the Xbox is coming to an end. Um, I just think it's it's too outdated now, um, and Microsoft are, are well behind the eight ball in terms of content delivery and pricing structure. Yeah, I think they're seeing the danger signs. I don't know if you've noticed just recently, but there've been some ridiculous sales, and I mean comparable to Steam. Yeah, I think Mike, it it could be. Um, just a sign of them just saying look there's not much more money to be made out of all these titles because we're going to have a new one coming um, let's just get some goodwill and and possibly fool all our user base that this is the shape of things to come in the next round but they, they was um, I, I mean it's one of the games that I've been playing recently um, that I missed was Fallout 3 um, yeah. I picked that up for £4 £4 how can you argue with no, that? You can't. I mean, You're going to play it for, for at least 20 hours. Yeah. At least 20 yeah. hours. Yeah. I mean, that's insane. Well, that's like, you know, that's like I picked up that Rayman. I got it. I've been looking for that, and I got it for six bucks. Yeah. Right. You know, and it's not even, I don't think it's a year old yet. So, uh, yeah. Interesting stuff. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, I, I, you know, Apollo, I hope you don't mind talking about games and me picking your brain there. No, no. Like I say, uh, it's uh, obviously something you know a lot about there, and it's and it's good to uh, good to get your point of view there. Yep. Um, okay. Well, I know we're uh, we're definitely at the hour mark, if not just a little bit beyond. Uh, any other business? Can I hit you? Is there anything else you'd like to cover? Uh, I've just got I've got a little story just to put out there. Again, it's a child-based one, and, it, and it's it's all based <laughs> on me. Um, embracing the rant, um, and we all have we all have issues with roadworks. I don't know if you guys get a lot of it over there, but we all have issues with roadworks. Oh yeah, works. and for sure, it is the time of year and uh, over here in England. I'm sure the, the guys put out the tenders and so on for what roadworks are going to do, and I'm sure they just start digging holes in roads just so that they can get an invoice into the local councils um, before the year end. But anyway, there's a lot of it going out locally at the moment around where I live. Um, so, instead of blowing my, flipping my lid, as it were, in the car um, when the kids are in and we're going to school, um, I've just basically been, over the last few weeks, building up a fiction with the children. 
um, regarding these guys that are digging up the roads. So, okay. and my 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 son has bought into it hook, line, and sinker. Um, <laughs> and, and and the story goes like this: um, these guys that are digging up the roads um, are, are, are the generations below of pirates. So. The pirates basically know that there's treasure buried in our local area, and these pirates have now taken to the roads and they're starting to dig holes in the roads to try and find where this treasure is. Nice. Uh, now, he's bought into this big time, really. How old is he? He's, he's six, he's nearly seven. <laughs> um, <laughs> You're right, you've only got a few years of gullibleness left, yeah. right? Uh, this is... this. This is. I was just following this in the vein of uh, there's a guy at work, and, and we always have a bit of banter about this. He he convinced his kids that basically power stations, you know, how to get you get the big cooling towers. Yeah. He, he convinced all these kids that they were cloud factories, and, and that's <laughs> that's the only place you ever get clouds from. Um, so anyway, um, we've kept this story going, and uh, and I don't know if you get this as well, but you know when they're about to lay cables for say um, broadband or whatever you'll mm-hmm. you'll get the guy that comes along and he'll 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 spray across on the on the path and basically yeah. write some initials yeah okay um so the other day my wife was taking the kids to school and they were walking along the street and um you know the big uh, provider over here for um telecommunications is BT yeah. yeah, so there was a cross basically being sprayed on the path and BT written there. So uh, straight away they just ran over to to see this and, and it was like, look, buried treasure, buried treasure. <laughs> Excellent. So yeah, uh, that's just my little one. That was an anti-ramp because it, it's just me subduing the, the rage. Just yeah, no, that's yeah. Well, that's a good good way to do it. Yeah, that's definitely good. I know exactly what you're talking about. It's very difficult not to wind your children up. <laughs> I know uh, my son wanted uh, a toy, Bakugan. I don't know if you've got if you've heard of those, but they're these little sort of round toys. Anyway, whatever they are, you know, pieces of plastic, more plastic. Yeah. And uh, it was it was his toy of the month or whatever. So he was talking about them. And uh, being the typical dad, I was like, I'll get him some more. You know, it'll make him happy. And uh, I came back from work one day, and uh, I picked him some up at Toys R Us or wherever it was. But I told him that I'd gone up a mountain and taken them from a dragon, and uh, <laughs> and hadn't thought anything of it until about a year or two years later. He starts asking me if I'm going to go back to the dragon to pick him up some more baggage on. <laughs> Oh man! And so I start to worry about it. That he's going around telling his teachers or whatever that you know, dad just nips off and goes and takes things from dragons. I've got another but one for you know how you've got the tooth fairy for the for the we, we've yes. we've always had it with the girls where, and this is this is basically the bane of my life now. Whenever the tooth comes out, um, when we first started, we wrote little letters from the fairies and left them with the money that there was getting because. You put your tooth under the pillow, tooth fairy comes and takes it, blah, blah, blah. Um, Which is fine until you have to do it 30-something times. Exactly, right? yeah. <laughs> so so with our son, because, you know, he's a boy, he's not interested in fairies, so we've built this little um, fiction with Skylanders, yeah? Yeah. So he takes a Skylander, he puts it out on the landing, puts his tooth underneath it, and whenever... Um, he goes to bed. What we do is, when he's gone to sleep, is we get the tooth, and the tooth goes on the portal of power. 
So anybody that's not played Skylander, you get a portal that you put your toys on, and then they are transported into the video game world. Yeah, so, I'm listening with interest because we have Skylanders here. Yeah, so, so I'll take this on board. So we've got him convinced now that the Skylander comes and gives him the money because the money's underneath the Skylander. But the Skylander has tried to get back through the portal, and the tooth can't go back through the portal because it's just there on the portal. Oh, nice. And he is completely convinced that them Skylanders come back through the portal and are there when he's asleep. So so that's a nice one. That, that's cool. Oh, I like that. Okay, so I'll tell you what, I'll give you my promise that... My, see, my... Uh, I'm going to be a bit quiet here because my kids are around, right? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, my son's due for teeth coming out soon. So I'll, I'll give you my word. Well, I'll go with that one. I'll try and I'll let you know how it goes. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, nice one. That's good. I like it. Because <laughs> he's due a tooth coming out soon. Yeah. The first... Yeah, good stuff. Okay, uh, anything else? No, that's it. That's me. Okay. Done. All right. Well, I, I don't have any shout-outs or anything, any other business, except if I was to do a shout-out, it would be to yourself. Uh, shout-out to Jeremy. We're looking forward. We'll catch up uh, with Jeremy again uh, as soon as possible. And and a shout-out to yourself, Rich. Um, very much appreciated for coming on and, uh, and uh, helping us fill an episode. My pleasure. Always got material. Yeah. yeah well you can't say fairer than that right yeah it's good it's good so thanks very much Um, I'll be talking uh, catching up with you again soon yep Um, for anyone uh, you can see Rich has been uh, a wealth of knowledge there on the gaming definitely check out his podcasts uh, The Overseas Connection which has blatantly copied the uh, two types of flags um, from the Transatlantic Rants uh, <laughs> as their logo. <laughs> uh, I jest, but uh, check that out if you're interested in gaming. Uh, check that out. Uh, uh, what's the best way to find it? Just search Overseas Connection? Or? Yeah, you can do G- g4te.com. Um, that's easy. Um, and then we have also got like a, a website where we post articles, which is the, the overseasconnection.net. Um, so yeah, you can find various bits of info and everything on there and of course we're on twitter um that's that's where we all hang out normally to do our talking and so on so it's uh at oc uh underscore podcast so yeah very good mm. very good okay and uh for transatlantic rants i keep forgetting that we're on twitter as well at trans rants you can find us if you have an inkling to send me an email uh, anything that's on your mind, it's Fraser at transatlanticrants.com. Uh, very good. Okay. Well, once again, thanks, Rich. No worries. Much appreciated. And thank you to everyone for listening. And we will catch up with you soon. Goodbye. Bye.